Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to uh, another episode. In the previous episode, we discussed the first chapter of the book, The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Clarkson. In this, we will discuss the second chapter. The first chapter, in the first chapter, we met um, Banshir, the chariot maker, and Kobe, the musician, both of whom who aren't the most well-off people, but they want to, they have ambition and they have an idea. That idea was, we would go and talk to Arkad, who is at that point the richest man in the city of Babylon. And they would ask him how he developed his wealth. In this chapter, they meet Arkad, who is the richest man in Babylon. And hence the name of chapter two is the richest man in Babylon. So not only Banshir and Kobe, but all their friends uh, who are relatively of the same age and who are in the same disposition, meaning that they don't have uh, a lot of wealth and they want to achieve that status and wealth that Arkad has. So when they go and meet Arkad, they tell them, they tell him that you, Arkad, are more fortunate than we are. You have become the richest man, but you and I and us were all equal. We studied under the same master. We played the same games. And in neither studies nor games did you outshine us. Yet here you are. You're so wealthy as much as the king himself. And yet we are so poor and in despair. How did you end up the way you are? And in their questioning of our card, they basically insinuate that you have ended up more fortunate and hence you are in this position. But Arkad immediately sort of downplays that and says, fate is not the reason why I am where I am. It is true that in, in, in our young days, we both grew up under the same master and under the same status. But I had the desires of building wealth and you either didn't or you did not observe them. You had them, but you did not observe them. Fate, he says, is a vicious goddess who brings no permanent good to anyone. So even if fate chanced upon me, it was not because of fate that I have ended up the way I am. And they discuss the tale of several of their acquaintances who fate shined upon and who became immediately wealthy over a short span of time. And he says, fate makes us wanton spenders who soon dissipate all they receive and are left beset by overwhelming appetites and desires they have not the ability to gratify. And he says that unearned gold add to it can continue, unearned gold and add to it and continue to be happy and contented citizens, but so few they are. I know of them, but by hearsay. Think of the men who have inherited sudden wealth and see if these things latch on and carry on for a long period of time. They all agreed that it didn't. But wealth is not like riches. Wealth does not immediately come and immediately grow. Go. Wealth is something that is power. With wealth, many things are possible. So it is good, he says, to have a desire for wealth. He said he has ambition and for ambition, he needed money. He said, I would not be like one of those who stand afar enviously watching others enjoy. I would not be content to clothe myself in the cheapest clothing that looked respectable. I would not be satisfied with the look of a poor man. 
he never was satisfied with what he had he always had the ambition to grow hence he wanted to chase this thing that is wealth and so they ask him what what are the things that you have done that have created wealth for you and that you have sort of sustained for all these periods of time while we have toiled all throughout so he goes on to say that i like as you know i'm i'm i, I haven't chanced upon this wealth i always had an ambition but i never really had that immediate sort of push to to get wealthy where i had an idea and it successful and it succeeded over a short span of time he was the son of a fairly unknown uh, not very rich merchant and he started off as a scribe for someone uh, who basically writes on clay tablets in those days and soon he built his wealth throughout so he narrates a story where once and this is what got him on the path of being wealthy or at least gave him the principles to start acquiring wealth slowly but surely he says when i found employment as a scribe in the hall of records i worked long hours of the day but i never really had enough even though i toiled for you know from 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 dawn to dusk i only had enough for my daily necessities of my garments food clothing etc but my determination my determination did not leave me one day a money lender named algamesh came to the house of the city master and ordered a copy of the ninth law and he said i want it within two days arkar knew that it couldn't be completed in two days so he told algamesh that if i have if i completed in two days you will tell me the success the secret of your success how you became so wealthy how you became so rich and i will work all night i will carve upon the clay and when the sun rises it shall be complete he stuck to his word when algamesh returned the money lender returned the next day two days later he had all the tablets inscribed as required and he told him that i have done your task now please tell me your secret how you have become so successful and so so rich at the, at the same time he said listen there are two things you need to be to be um, rich right or to be wealthy you need time and you need skill time which develops obviously over a period of time skill that you can use to generate the money both of these things are free both of these things have to be learned over a period of time one is patience and the other is the skill whatever that skill may be but the most important principle which is something that you can use all the time whether it's with the skill or with time is this and this principle has endured since the time of babylon to right now he says very clearly i found the road to wealth when i decided that a part of all i earned was mine to keep arkad heard this and he sort of grimaced and said that is that all is that really the reason that you have been able to build your wealth all throughout the time he said that was sufficient to change the heart of a sheep herder into the heart of a money lender the only thing i realized is a part of all i earned is mine to keep 
Arkad replied and said that isn't all that I earn mine to keep essentially. The money lender said, and then this is very true. Not everything that you earn is yours to keep. If you are in a business, all the income that you earn is not yours to keep. Some of it goes into expenses, into paying the owners, into paying the creditors, into paying uh, the lenders, etc. And whatever little is remaining, if at all, is yours to keep. And that also you might put it back into the business. If you are a salaried employee and you get a certain amount every month, everything that you earn is not yours to keep. You pay for necessities like food, like shelter, like clothing, water, etc. In the modern age, we pay for the internet, we pay for electricity, etc. So if anything that is left is only yours to keep. So no, everything that you earn is not yours to keep. If you did keep for yourself, at least, at least the money lender says, one tenth of all you earn, how much would you have in a year? Now let's look at this exercise, right? He says, if you keep every, if you keep at least one tenth of all you earn, how much would you have in 10 years? Now, let's say, for example, you keep, you earn 10,000 rupees a month. One tenth of that is 1,000 rupees. In 12 months, that is 12,000 rupees, right? Now, let's say every year you increase the amount you earn by 20%. So in the first year, you earn every month 10,000, which means in the next year, every month you should earn 12,000 and then 14,400, so on and so forth. That means at the end of the first year, if you just save a 10th, you will keep 12,000. In the second year, if you just save a 10th, you will keep 14,400. By the end of the 10th year, you will for the entire year save around 62,000. And, and if you add up all the one-tenth savings per month, per year, for 10 years, you will save 3,11,504.2, which is five times the amount, which is 25.9 times the amount, sorry, that you have saved every year. So that is a simple sort of calculation to understand how even saving just one-tenth earns over a period of 10 years, right? So he said, this is not, again, this is the, to understand this at the get-go is not enough for Arkad. Arkad wants to, and Arkad needs to understand it in terms of not just saving, but actually allowing the saving to compound over a period of time, right? So the money lender very clearly says, every gold piece you save is a slave to work for you. Every copper it earns, is each child that also can earn for you. So not just what you save is yours to keep, but what you save will eventually save something from itself and that will serve you, is your slave. But what you must remember is from what you earn, the one-tenth that is yours to keep, you should give that to yourself first which means whatever amount you put one-tenth, two-fifths, etc., whatever amount you put, make sure that 
whatever you allocate for this future self for this saving or investments or whatever you want to call it you should pay yourself first just allocate the certain amount that you have decided that you will pay yourself that is yours to keep first and then and then allocate everything for your expenses for everything that you need to do he says do not buy from the clothes maker the sandal maker more than you can pay out of the rest and still have enough for food and charity and penance to the gods this will help you grow your wealth and this is the secret to my success and with that the money lender took his tablet and went away arkat thought about it and each time he did he saved all that he received from his scribe work and a few years later algamesh the money lender returned and asked him have you implemented what i said arkad replied and he said yes i have so man the money lender asked him how did you do this what did you do with the savings he said for 2 years i saved 1/10th of all that i earned and then i gave the entire savings to azmur the big the bricklayer at the time who said he was traveling over far seas and he would buy rare jewels and sell it for a profit and immediately the money lender knew the problem with this arrangement and he said that every fool must learn why trust the knowledge of a brick brick maker about jewels would you go buy from the bread maker the stars no you wouldn't do that because you need to understand that a lot of people will give you opportunities to get an obscene amount of returns and when something is too good to be true especially when it comes to money it usually is he says your savings are gone your youth you have jerked through your youth you have jerked your wealth from the roots but plant another and try again and sure as the money lender said it arkad did eventually realize that the jewels that were sold to the brick maker because he did not have an understanding of jewels he was deceived and all the money arkad had invested the savings of for the past 2 years went down the drain but he realized that he should be careful of what he does with his savings and not get into that sort of greed of getting an obscene amount of returns 5x 10x 100x returns so he decided to keep his money save it and give it to someone who actually knew what they were doing in the business that they were in and sure enough 12 months later the money lender returned and asked him about his progress arkad replied and said that yes i have saved the money and i have given it to the shield maker to buy bronze and each fourth month he does pay me a rental which is like an interest payment after a certain period of time right so he asks him the money lender asks arkad what have you done with that money he replies and said said i do have a great feast with honey and fine wine and spiced cake also i have brought me a scarlet tunic and some day i shall buy me a go a young ass upon which to ride algamesh laughed and replied very 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 uh, keenly he said you don't eat the children of your saving if you do that how do you expect them to work for you the point of investments the point of savings the point of money that you save and earn 
is for that saved money to earn you more money which earns you more money which earns you more money the minute you break this chain chain everything after it will eventually crumble this is what arkad told him and he said don't buy first get an army of gold slaves and then many a rich banquet may you enjoy without regret so build your wealth let your wealth build wealth and let that process continue for a, for a certain amount of time and then you will see the actual compounding interest affect your savings to a point where it has grown a significant amount don't pull it out don't pull out the earnings or the growth the profit whatever you want to call it immediately when you see it pop up because that avoids or that disrupts and stops the process of compounding and he did that and when when he came back he said he said i have not only saved my wealth which is save one tenth like you said i have not entrusted it to someone who does not know what they're doing and the interest that i receive from giving it to someone who knows what they're doing i don't break that chain and i reinvested and i reinvested and i allow it to grow and with this and this is the most important takeaway from the chapter the money lender says you have not taught yourself three things how to acquire money how to keep it and how to use this therefore you are a competent you are competent for a responsible position with that the money lender says that his children are not in the most in the most apt position to lead his business empire at the time which is the money lending business and he gives that over to arkad and arkad travels to the land of the money lender which is in this case nippur and and takes charge of his holdings and and becomes an ambitious an ambitious man and masters because he had masters through trial and error and masters the three laws he says of successfully handling wealth when he says um when he recites this story to to the peers that he has which includes banshir kobi and the others they immediately retort and say that and this is what a lot of people say when they uh, when they realize the story of how the simple steps that a person has taken to sort of build an empire or 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 or, or um, become wealthy they say you are indeed fortunate fortunate that the money lender made you an heir and this is what arkad says he says that i wasn't fortunate i had the desire to prosper before i met him for years before i met him i had the definite purpose of earning money through the scribe when he told me the first rule which is to save 1/10 i indeed saved 1/10 and i watched it grow he says would you call a fisherman lucky who for years so studied the habits of the fish that with each changing wind he could cast his nets about them opportunity is a haughty goddess who wastes no time with those who are unprepared and they retort and say they as in the 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 peers panshir kobi and the others you have a strong will power you are indeed unusual in that way they try to pick another flaw in him and say that huh you're probably a bit hatke you're different right you you are not like the rest of us maybe that's why you you can succeed and we can't another way for them to build an excuse from themselves 
He says, what nonsense. Do you think willpower gives a man the strength to lift a burden that a camel cannot carry? He says, uh, with reference to the, 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 the scribe work that he had, the clay tablets. If I see for myself a task, be it ever so trifling, I shall see it through. How else shall I have the confidence in myself to do important things? Basically, he says, I have the ambition, I have the drive, and I have that sort of grit. If there's a task to do, I will complete it. And then they say, even the, even these two pieces of uh, argument that our card tells them, they don't completely accept. And they say, if all you did, if if what you tell is true, and it does me, it does seem that you have said reasonable then, being so simple. If all men did it, then would it be would there be enough wealth to go around? Which basically means that I, I get that these are simple steps, but these are so simple that don't you think that if everybody does it, they wouldn't be, and everybody gets wealthy, they wouldn't be wealth to go around. And this is an important point, right? They say that there is only so much wealth to go around. There is only so many people that can be wealthy at once or in one generation. And he says, wealth grows wherever men exert energy. And he says, if this is our card speaking, if a rich man builds him a new palace, is the gold he pays out gone? No, the brick maker gets it. The laborer gets it. The artist gets it. The architect gets it. Everyone within the value chain is, is, is that much more better off. Yes, the person who started the value chain is the most well off, but every single person who contributed to that value chain has also received the benefit. Any company that you see being formed, right? Its customers have received some sort of marginal benefit its employees are that much better off because they're getting employment and they're getting a salary or ownership of the company. Its shareholders are getting some sort of increment because the company is doing well. The office where it is located will employ people all around. Therefore, the, pe the people stay in a particular place, use the resources, commute by the transportation in that particular place. So the value chain that any person creates through the company or a venture or whatever, makes everybody that much more well, well, better off. Wealth, he says, grows in magic ways. No man can prophesy the limit of it. And the peers ask him, what do you advise us to do that we also may become rich? The years have passed and we no longer are young men and we have nothing put by. He says the simplest way you can start is the way I started based on the advice the moneylender gave me, which is a part of all I earn is mine to keep. Say that to yourself over and over and over again, whether it's the nine to five jobs that everybody is doing and by which we earn a salary. Just tell yourself one tenth of all the work I'm doing is for me to keep. And I will keep it for my future self, not for me to spend at the end of the month or the end of the year or when, whenever the next holiday sale arrives. It's for me to keep for my future self to use and for me to build that wealth so that it builds more wealth, so that it, build, it builds more wealth and not for me to jump at the best opportunity. Because an investment that gives me a 3x return 
but does not allow me to sleep peacefully at night is worth less than the investment that gives me a 10% return and allows me to sleep peacefully at night. That's the first lesson he gave. He says, arrange your expenditure to do this if necessary, but lay by that portion first, which means always allocate that one-tenth as soon as you receive your income or salary, just one-tenth at least. If you can do more, well and good. He gives them a few more tips, which he eventually breaks down in the following chapters. But in, in short, he says, have, have a source of income, save that source of income, provide your dependents or family with some sort of safety, which is in the form of insurance. Counsel with wise men, especially wise men who are good with handling their money, which is I, which is what we all seek to do. And I hope I can do this with this podcast and seek the counsel of all, all, all the wise men and women who, who, who hopefully are listening to this. And lastly, Enjoy life while you are here. Do not, he repeats, do not overstrain and try to save too much. If one-tenth of all you earn is the only thing that you are comfortable keeping and saving, be content with that. Right? And his friends, some of them, because they replied in either a hesitant or a negative way, some of his friends thanked him. Some were silent. Some even thought that someone so rich should divide their wealth and, and spread it, which is what a lot of people think. But some, he says, had a light in their eyes. And they realized that the moneylender came back each time because he was watching someone work his way out of darkness into light. And fixing your finances is one way to do that. There are several other ways to do that, but one of the good ways to do that is having a hold on how much you spend and how much you invest and how much you save more importantly. The last people, the ones who actually saw the light are people who came back to Arkad in the following years, who revisited him and counseled with him. And Arkad gave him the wisdom because he knew that if I create value for someone else, I am also better off. I might not be as better off as the person who received that value, but I am, I am, this might not make grammatical sense, but I am more better off than if I did not give the person that bit of value. And he says the turning point in these men's lives came upon that day when they realized the truth that had come from the moneylender to Arkad and Arkad to, and from Arkad to them. And I hope that this truth and this hopeful, hopefully lesson, um, rings true from 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 my voice to your ears and hopefully this is something that, that helps you along the way uh, and lastly always remember and this is the last sentence of the of the chapter a part of all you earn is yours to keep thank you uh, this is the end of um, chapter two i'll see you in chapter three of the richest man in babylon out.